0: Well, good morning friends. It's good to be together and to celebrate Christmas, the coming of Jesus to earth. You know, this holiday season we've been making a a list here at Compass, focusing in on uh, our Christmas list based on God's word. If God was making a list for you, what would he want you to experience this Christmas? What would he put on your list if you were making the list, you might put on something like, I'd like a white Christmas. And therefore, after this morning, you know, some of you are well on your way. Um, or you might put something else on there. Sometimes it's, you know, the, de- the foods we like to eat. Usually the desserts that make a special appearance this time of year. Gingerbread and fruitcake and other things. Or maybe it's someone you would love to visit with. Someone you'd like to connect with this Christmas season. Or a tradition you'd like to keep up, like going to Casey Gardens to see the lights, or to watching a special Christmas movie together. Now those are things that you might put on your list, or I might put on mine, but what would God put on the list? If we gave him the pen and the paper and say, God, what do you have for me this Christmas, what would he say? Two weeks ago, we began the Advent season with one word. We wrote longing and we follow the pattern and the example of the nation of israel who uh who who desired for messiah to come and even though they were in exile and they were struggling they waited and they longed for the coming messiah and in the midst of their longing they they drew close to god they trusted in his promises and they waited and as they waited they listened Last week, we focused in on the word inviting. And we, when through the prophet Isaiah, we saw that God is inviting us as his children in the midst of our longing to, re, to reflect upon him, to return to him, to repent, to rebuild, and to rejoice in him. And then we looked for God. We looked for the truth of God, the presence of God, and for the evidence of the kingdom of God all around us. This is the time of year when we go looking for light to space. We love it when our neighbors go all out with their Christmas lights and their inflatables. And sometimes we drive around looking for kind of the, the good ones and the better ones and the great ones. And it's amazing. But in the midst of looking for all the things that are Christmassy around you and that we enjoy them, I hope you're also looking for God. I think the kingdom of God is... is is more evident at Christmas. We seem to open up our eyes a little bit more, open up our hearts, and there's glimpses of it everywhere. In people, in sites, in creation, we're looking for glimpses of the images of God, and we want to respond to that invitation. The third thing I would like you to focus in on that I think God would want to put on our Christmas list this year is letting go. Letting go. that we would learn to hold loosely to the things of this world and tightly to the things of God. And this one's a little harder because there is so much that vies for our attention, so much that demands our devotion and invites us into that. And, And the result for many of us is that we end up coming into the Christmas season with a hurried heart and with a stuffed schedule and with a cluttered soul. It's common for people to feel weighed down this time of year by relationships and financial pressures and the demands of work and the load of worry and a burden of regret. And we buy into that mentality that more is better. More will make me happy, but more just loads us down. Often when I come home from the grocery store, my goal is to get all the groceries into the house with as few trips as possible. And so, uh, like others, I've mastered, you know, how to hook three bags with one hand, three bags with the other. And then with, your, with, with a finger, you can somehow grab the, the carton of milk um, or the orange juice. And then, and then you know, you, you stick a, a bag of Miss Vicky's under your arm or something. And then you kind of waddle up to the house with everything just to save another trip down the sidewalk. Only to get to the door and realize, I have no way of opening this door without dropping the apples. And that loaded down, cluttered up, waddling way is how so many of us travel through life, especially this time of year. We just have so much going on and we have no hands free to even embrace the thing that God has for us. And we're trying to balance all that stuff, stuff that God hasn't even asked us to pick up. And we're clinging to them, even though it doesn't actually satisfy our hearts. I love what 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 says. It says this, do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. The world offers only a a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything else we see, and pride in achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from this world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. That's a verse you're not going to see on a Christmas card anywhere. But perhaps you should. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you, because it will not satisfy your heart. Now, John is not saying here that we, we need to renounce beauty or pleasure or the good things we find in the world. He's not canceling Christmas. The world is God's good creation. And he wants us to enjoy his creation and, to, and to, to find him in the midst of the world. It is his gift of grace to us. The idea here isn't that God and spiritual things are good and every other part of your life and every other part of your world is somehow bad. No, it's all together can be good when we bring it into God. What, what the question that John's asking here is a matter of the heart. He's saying who or what rules your world? What gets the priority? What determines it? Christmas is about declaring that Jesus is king. And I come under his kingship. I come under his lordship. We sang it today. He rules the world with truth and grace. And I submit to him as King Jesus at Christmas. And anything that draws us away from God and lessens his supremacy in our lives needs to get put in its place. On our way in today, uh, you will have picked up a stone. And I'd love for you just to take it and hold it in your hand while we talk. And if you don't have a stone, that's okay. It's just symbolic. And what you might simply do is just close your hands uh, in a fist as if you were holding on to something. And what we're going to do for a few minutes is just think about what this stone could symbolically represent uh, in your life. It's the things that you're holding on to, it might be something really good. It might be something bad, something easy or something hard, but what are you holding on to this Christmas? I will tell you that if it's something that's getting in the way of your ability to experience God and the kingdom of God to the fullest, we need to learn how to let it go and hold it loosely. If the, if the stone was bigger and if you could write on it, what name would you put on your stone? Some of you are old enough to remember pet rocks. When you would have a rock, you'd buy a rock at the store. Some, some marketing genius came up with this because they made a lot of money off a pile of rocks. But you'd buy your rock and you would name your rock and you would take care of your rock and you would cherish your rock like you would a pet. And you would would take it with you where you would go. Well, some of us carry our rocks around as well. We're lugging these things around in our life like they were our pet rock. And anything that's vying for your attention, preoccupying your time and filling your thoughts, that's your rock. Now the, the verse we just looked at, John gives us a pretty exhaustive list. Physical pleasures, I wanna be happy pride in our achievements i want to be viewed as successful focus on our possessions i want the stuff that others have what we're doing is we're taking something good and we're twisting it and we're clinging onto it in such a way that it becomes something bad something that holds us back from coming under the lordship of christ as you think about your life as you can think about the last couple of weeks or what's ahead of you can you name it here are some suggestions expectations what are you demanding subtly or not so subtly this Christmas see our expectations change from one to another they're all different what you think would make the ideal Christmas holiday this year is different from what I might think and the challenge comes for all of us though when our expectations are unfulfilled particularly by others that's when we get disappointed That's when we get frustrated, and so perhaps your rock has to do with your expectations of what you want or wish was going to happen this Christmas. How about grudges? Who are you mad at? Did someone criticize you, disappoint you, let you down? Has someone hurt you? You know, wounds can last a long time and can be painful, Often our grudges develop by revisiting that pain and holding on to that pain, the pain from the past and clinging to it. So your rock actually might be, have a, a hurt on it, or it might have a very specific name. Here's another one Memories. What from your past keeps pulling you back, holds you there. Is there something that you wish you could undo? Is there regrets that blanket you with a sense of shame? Is there something from your past that is holding you back from enjoying the present and walking with God into the future he has for you? Healing is often a journey, but could your rock represent a memory that you're willing to begin to allow God to heal? That's the past, but you can also think to the future. What is it that I will do next? Maybe that's what's preoccupying your mind. Maybe you've got some big decisions, some big decisions in your career, in your work, in your home, decisions you're facing as an individual or as a family. And thoughts about the future, both our memories and our dreams are dominating your thinking this year. Here's one we all struggle with all year long, especially at Christmas, debt. What are you tempted to buy? Sometimes at Christmas, we just want to kind of forget about it. Can we just put it on hold and we'll deal with it in January? But the financial pressures are really there and there's probably some stuff all of us could forego. The Christmas season is not a ticket to splurge, especially if you can't afford it. Yet many of us do it. We are so bad at delayed gratification. And maybe it's not what you want to actually buy for yourself. Maybe it's what you want to buy for others because you really care about them and you really love to do that. Commercialization and overspending will clutter up your Christmas and your life. And so maybe you could take your rock and just imagine a dollar sign on it. How about busyness? Are you trying to do it all? Is there time, if there is time for everything that God wills for you, if he really has ordained our days, which scripture tells us he has, and if you are feeling like you are clean out of time, then there are things in your schedule that are not God's will for you that you need to say no to. And if you do, life will go on. Here's another big one. Worry. Worry. What keeps you up at night? What are you afraid will happen? What triggers your anger? Is there a sense of dread that lingers in the back of your mind? In Matthew 6, Jesus says, Who who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. We start to walk through this list, and we, I, you might think, man, I should have got some more rocks. Like, I need, a, I need a bunch of rocks. Because we are tempted to hold on to so many things. And they weigh us down, trip us up, steal our joy, and zap our strength. Can you name them? With God's help, I want you to think about what are you holding on to this Christmas that's getting in the way of you following God wholeheartedly? What does your rock represent? And as you think about that, I would like you to turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, or pull it up on your device. It's the story of Mary. And not Mary, the mother of Jesus. Another Mary. Mary, the friend of Jesus, who had a sister named Martha, who was also carrying too much. And in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42, we read this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened up her home to him. So Martha wants to serve Jesus. This is a good thing. But notice what Martha is carrying, what her rocks are. Verse 40, Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She's carrying expectation and busyness. She wants to make sure that the table looks just right, that the casserole is ready, that the dessert is prepared. And she's taking something something really good, hospitality, and she's holding on to it so tightly that it's turning bad. And so she comes to Jesus and she says, Lord, don't you care? Hurt. My sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Grudges. Now look how Jesus responds. There's grace in his voice. Martha, Martha, the Lord answers, you are worried and upset about many things. There's worry. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. And this is the invitation to let go. Don't miss it. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. These words are not about comparison, And it's always how this text gets taken. You know, a Mary's heart, a Martha's heart. This this text is about invitation. Martha, don't miss out on this. Mary has provided an example, a lesson. Jesus provides the invitation. Let it go. Letting go is a step of faith. It really is. It's hard to put things down. These actually things that we care about deeply. But it's the only way that we can free our hands up to take hold of what really matters. And rather than carrying the weight of these things, God invites us to let them go and only carry what he has for us. God's desire is that you would be spiritually free, unencumbered, and focused. Because, and because of his work on the cross, Jesus not only invites us to it, he makes it possible. Do not let the demands of the world distract you from sitting at the feet of Jesus. Come, let us adore him. I want you to turn back a couple of chapters to Luke chapter two in the Christmas story. And here we get the exact same lesson from another Mary. This one is the mother of Jesus. And the familiar passage begins with a long road trip, a full motel angels in the sky, bright lights, grand announcements, running shepherds. We pick up their trail in Luke chapter 2, verse 16. It says, So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread word concerning him what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Think about it. Don't don't miss out on this. In the midst of a whole bunch of good things, Mary's treasuring the better thing. She's pondering what's been said to her by the angels, by the spirit, by the shepherds, by others, about, she's thinking about who Jesus is. She's pouring out her love and devotion to him. She's focusing. She's turning these things over in her heart. Now, she has a lot to be concerned about. New mom, little baby, strange neighborhood, unexpected visitors, pending Danger. But she holds those things loose. She lets them go. She entrusts them to God in order that she can take hold of Jesus. We often cling to the wrong things. And our hands are full with things that ultimately will not satisfy our souls because that is only meant for us in Jesus. So is it okay that Christmas isn't perfect this year? Can you lower your expectations? Say no to a couple of invitations. Can you surrender that hurt or that desire to justify yourself? Can you trust that God is a better justice keeper than you? Can you resist that urge to spend more, do more, Go, go more places. Are you willing to release your worries and your fears over to God? Can you really let it go? Can you release that person you love? That person who you want to see God make a turnaround in their life, can you entrust them to God this Christmas season? What's the situation? What's the opportunity? What's the issue? that you need to let go of. Now, it doesn't mean that it's gonna leave your life completely. Go home, you'll have no debt. It means that you're willing to completely trust God to lead you through it, to carry it for you so you don't have to carry it on your own. What name would you give your rock? As you're holding it, I want you to take hold of it in your hand And as we come to communion today, I want you to name it. God, this is the situation. This is the circumstance. This is the sin. This is the struggle that I want to name and I want to give to you. And you can simply just make a fist around it or make a fist with your hand if you don't have one and think, what am I holding on to in my life? And as you do, I want you to hear the words of Jesus from Luke chapter 11. Come to me. In this verse, Jesus invites us to recognize the need. Come. To release the burden. Take. And to receive his freedom. Learn. And the result is that our load will be lighter and easier because Jesus carries it with us. As you're holding your rock, you might want to simply even um, um, tighten your fist up around it, because that's how we so often hold on to it, so tightly. But as you do, recognize that God is with us. That's what we sing about at Christmas. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is with you, and he knows what you're thinking about, even if nobody else does. He gets it. Jesus identifies with us in all ways except for sin and his grace and mercy is here for us and he can help you identify what's whole, what's, what you're clinging on to, what's stealing your rest. Hear him invite you to let go of it so that you can receive from him. Let your closed fist or your rock represent that burden, that thing that is holding you back. And then simply hear the invitation of of God's grace to loosen your, your grip, to open your hand. And in doing so, say, God, I'm actually opening up my heart. I'm opening up that closed part of my life. The thing I'm identifying with, and Lord, I want to learn how to release this burden to you so that I can receive your power and your grace and your love in my life this Christmas. And finally, you can simply take your hands if you want to and just put them together. Just a sign like that you're, you're ready to receive. God, I want to receive from you. It's, it's almost like cupping water to drink from a, from a stream or from a spring. God, I want whatever you have for me. You can even just imagine that water pouring over your hands. And so simply as we respond today, offer a prayer to God that you are willing to receive whatever he has for you. And just go back and forth between these postures. A closed hand, an open hand, a cupped hand. And do it as many times as you need to. As you say, Lord, I'm learning how to let it go. And as you do that now, I just simply want to pray for you. So let's close our eyes. And I'll give you an opportunity to hear from God and and then I will pray for us all. Dear Jesus, you are worthy of our praise and our undivided attention. Lord, would you help me focus my eyes on you? Holy Spirit, would you reveal where I am burdened and tired and would you give me the power to let it go? To let go of anything that's holding me back from the life that you have for me. Lord, I confess my tendency to hold on to what I have. I cling to my time, my resources, my sense of control, my energy, my knowledge, my stuff, even my sin. And Lord, I acknowledge that I spend way too much time desperately trying to manage and hold on to those things because I believe them to be mine. But I confess here and now that in the process I'm fighting against you and your will and plans for my life. Oh, Lord, would you forgive me? As I open up my hands, I want to receive your forgiveness and your grace. I want you to not only take the burden and carry the burden. Lord, would you teach me how to live in the restful rhythm of your grace? I choose to surrender to you. I surrender all that I have. And I ask you, Lord, to place your yoke upon me that I might learn from you how to live in abundant freedom. And I pray this in your holy name. Amen. As we've been doing each week uh, during um, this series, we're going to respond with an, with an action. And today we come to the communion table. Communion is a very appropriate way for us to respond at Christmas. And we're going to do this right across all of our sites and online as well. We're coming as one church. Communion tells the story of why Jesus came at Christmas. The good news of a young woman devoted to God, providentially chosen to miraculously conceive a baby. That baby was Jesus, fully God, fully man, come down to earth to save us because from our sin because there was no other way. This was the plan of God. Jesus was born in Bethlehem and placed in a manger he was he was worshiped by peasants and by royalty by angels and humans and he was born in order to live a holy life and then to trade his life for death on a cross and though he was sinless he traded his holiness for our unrighteousness and he was nailed to the cross and he died there for you but being, di- being God, death could not hold him in the tomb, and on the third day, he rose from the dead, and in doing so, he made possible forgiveness, salvation and eternal life for all who believe. This is the story we remember every time we eat this meal. The bread The bread speaks of Jesus' body beaten and bruised. The cup speaks of his shed blood as a sacrifice for our sin that we might know forgiveness. And every time we take this meal, it's dynamic because God meets us here in the midst of our worship. God's love and his grace and his faithfulness is always new new as he pours them out on us as his children. And in response to all this, we say, thank you, Jesus, for coming at Christmas. So we're going to take communion all together as one church in Grand Valley in Orangeville in Shelburne and in the cafe and wherever you are watching from today we're going to participate by 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 coming to the front. And as you come to the front you'll you'll find a table there and on the table is the bread and the cup and a pail. And so bring your stone. Or simply clench your fist. And as you come to the front, you can simply come and either open your fist or put your pail in the bucket and symbolically say, God, I'm just letting this go. This person I love, this struggle that I have, this worry that's dominating me, would you teach me how to not only put it in your hands, but leave it in your hands. And then with your hands freed up, take the bread and take the cup and and return to your chair And when you are ready, open it up and we'll eat together with thanksgiving to the Lord. If moving is hard for you, just slip up your hand and we will bring communion to you. But I want to give you a moment once again just to quiet yourself and to prepare yourself for communion together. And then I will pray and then we will respond with communion and with worship together. So let's be quiet before the Lord. Holy God, we come, we come to you this Christmas season, and we acknowledge that you, O oh God, are the giver of every good and perfect gift. The greatest of which is Jesus, the bread of life and the light of the world. And this morning, Lord, as we let go of these stones and we release their hold on our hearts, I pray that you would remove, ba- remove all the barriers that are holding us back from you. As we take the bread, we do so in remembrance of Jesus, His life, His death and His resurrection, which provides for all who believe eternal life and abundant life. life to the full. That's what we want, Lord, the abundant and the eternal life in the kingdom of God that you promise and that you make possible through the cross. We remember. And we receive the healing hope that is promised in the story of Christmas. And we come in the knowledge that Emmanuel, God, is with us. And as we take the cup, we do so with thanksgiving. For your saving grace, you have reconciled us to God. Thank you, Jesus. And we pray all this in your holy name. Amen. And so when you are ready, come.